Good morning, good morning. It's Eshin Brenda Shoshana back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. Right here we are, plop in the middle of summer, summer, winds, rain, sunshine, sunshine, heat. And the beauty of summer, and sometimes also the difficulty of summer for some of us. And everything all mixed together, the tapestry of life. Actually, Zen wisdom is not a, it's not a theology, it's not a dogma, it's the tapestry of life. And it's an invitation to enter the tapestry of life, to be part of it, to enjoy it. To, to, to look at the many colors of it and say, wow. <laughs> I remember my teacher, he would go, wow. And it was very beautiful because the littlest thing would elicit a sense of wonder, a sense of awe sometimes. <laughs> of course, that's pretty uncommon. Usually we're looking at what's wrong with life, what's wrong with us, what but we don't just stop and have that wow. So again, Zen practice is about stopping and entering the tapestry of life. I love that image because the tapestry has all different textures, different colors, <clears throat> different points, different moments. It's, it's not all the same. It's all different. And we enjoy the differences. We enjoy that. And we also don't get trapped in the tapestry. We, we enjoy it and we see it and we see through it. We go beyond it. So we're in it and beyond it at the same time. That's quite a moment. You're not caught by it, but you're enjoying it. There's, you know, there's a wonderful uh, koan where a student, and you, there, this goes on in many of the koans, a student is looking, looking, searching, searching, searching for their teacher. Searching. And up one hill and down another, which is what we do. We're looking everywhere. Uh, the image that this very moment isn't our teacher. We don't think it's our teacher. So we're going to find a person or a place or an environment that will be the one who will teach us how to live. All the time we're living, <laughs> while we're living, we're looking, how do we live? Okay, that's fine. So in this koan, the student finds the teacher in a cave, hidden away. We, that, that, again, that's a very common image in many of the koans and the Zen stories. There's a teacher in a cave where he's very remote from life, on a hill or under a tree somewhere. And he seems to be apart from the hurly-burly busyness of life itself and it seems as if he's gone away from the world to meditate and to find the truth or to find how to live so that's an interesting contradiction right there we go away from life to find out how to live well of course we do need times where we stop our own racing around in the hurly-burliness of life because it's hard sometimes to find our direction when we're just going around and around and around. So I'm not saying these times for retreat are not valuable and very important. They are. They are. And then life appears, even in our retreats. It appears wherever we are because it's not outside ourselves. 
wherever we go, even to a high mountain hill, who we are, we, we take our images, our moments, our projections, our desires, we take everything with us, and that recreates a new scenario wherever we are. It's pretty inevitable. That's the way it works. We think life is somehow apart from us, somewhere else, and we have to go there and find it, but we take it. it it's not apart from us. It's inside of us, and we're inside of it. So anyway, in this story... This student searches and searches, and then he sees someone sitting in a cave high in a mountain somewhere very far away, and he, and he slowly approaches this revered person, and the person is revered because they're different, they're separate. So we, he was going closer and closer to the cave, wants to peek in very badly. Who's there? Who's living in that cage? Meditating. I said cage. <laughs> I meant cave. But a cave and it can become a cage. And a cage can become a cave. If we think of a cave as a place to meditate and a cage as somewhere that we're trapped, that's interesting. They can t- one can transform into the other for sure. For sure. Anyway... In this case, there was this person sitting in the cave, not the cage, but the cave, and and the student came closer and closer, and he peeked in. He got all his courage, and he peeked in, and he said to him, he was trembling. He saw this man sitting there in deep meditation with nothing, very simple, living very simply, one or two things. And, and, and the student was trembling at the sight of this man. And he said, oh, this is my teacher. I found my teacher. In his heart, that's what he said. He felt that. And he said to the, to the teacher, the man in the cave, he said to him, please, can I come inside? Can I join you? He didn't say, can I join you? He said, can I come inside? And the teacher responded. He looked up. He opened his eyes. He looked at him. And he said to him, You are not outside. That's the koan. Incredible interaction. Amazing answer. Wonderful. I've always loved that koan. You are not outside. Meaning you are not apart from me. We are not separated. You are joining me this very moment. You are with me. Now, it's so beautiful because we live, and a great, great deal of the pain we suffer in life is because we feel separated, disconnected, outside. Well, someone's inside, and and I'm outside. I'm not part of the community. I'm not part of the group. I'm not connected in my marriage. I want to come closer. I want to join you is what this student is basically saying. I don't want to be alone, searching, or I want what you have, that great deep devotion and deep meditation. It's as if 
and, and and so we suffer. We suffer. I'm not good enough. I don't. I don't really know what you know. I must come close to this pillar, to this to this stream of wisdom. But this very, in fact, this this young man did find a very wise teacher who simply said, "You are not outside." That's all he needed to say. And he said it not just to that young man <clears throat> who was searching on the mountain. He said it to all of us. You're not apart from life itself. And often we feel that we are, of course. Especially these days, there's such a sense of loneliness and disconnection among many, many people. There's a division and sense of isolation, too. But it's all not true. It, that's what we feel. That's what we imagine. That's what we suffer with, that sense of separation and loneliness. However, we are part of life. We are in the tapestry. He's with his teacher inside the cave, even though he doesn't know it yet. Let's put the word yet. Now, one of the things that Zazen practice does is reconnect us to the inside. The inside and the outside become one. When we sit and sit, we're not moving, we're not grabbing at anything that goes by. We're not running (laughs) to a cave, although we're in our cave. I guess we're in our own cave at the moment. Hopefully not a cage, but the cage turns into a cave, a prison turns into a cave, a place of meditation. So if we're in a cage, if we're going through a hard time, we feel trapped, painful, whatever it is, we can turn that into a cave, a place of deep awakening. And when we awaken, what do we awaken to? We really just awaken to the beautiful truth that we've always been free. We've always been together We've always been a part of life. Even if we're trying to hide from it, sometimes people run to caves to hide from difficult circumstances or from a bad relationship or from life itself. They run away. They want to hide. You can't hide from anything. That's what Zazen teaches us. You can, even if you want to, you cannot because it's in you, it's not outside. That phrase has so many wonderful ramifications. It's part of you. Whatever you're running from, you're taking it with you. It's, it's part of you. So better just to sit down and experience it. That's all that's needed. Taste it. Eat it up. Swallow it. Digest it. Get the nourishment from it. Let go of the waste. Zazen is really a training in being brave, very brave. Funny, I even, it's hard for me to even say the word. Isn't that interesting? But it's a training in courage and bravery, among many other things. That's a very important part. It's a very courageous, courageous act to sit down in the middle of whatever you're running away from and realize, oh, that's part of me too, and I am willing to experience it, to be with it. To share the moment. Now that's a beautiful concept. I'm going to share the moment. 
with whatever I'm so afraid of. And as you do, a really miraculous thing happens. You're not afraid of it anymore. And you, and you even can love it, like it, see it differently. It alters just because you're saying to it, come into the cave, you're not outside. I'm not rejecting you. I'm not kicking you out. I'm not judging you. I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here with you. You're letting that wall down. We keep up walls between ourselves and others all the time. Even, even between a day, we can put a wall between us and the day. Like, I don't want to go outside and walk when it's too bad. We have air alerts, bad humidity, air pollution. I put up a wall for that. Why? Why not just go out and taste what's there? I'm not saying to endanger myself, but I'm saying somehow our mental pushing something away, making it outside or something I refuse to experience, that's a dangerous attitude because before long we are locking ourselves up more and more in a cage of our own making. Very, very interesting, really profound koan. You're not outside. And if you see something you dislike so much, it's not outside you either. You're the one who dislikes it. It's due to the way you're perceiving it, the way you're receiving it, what you're seeing. Somebody else can look at it and think it's wonderful. So in this practice, we actually get to notice the way we are perceiving something how we are contributing to whatever it is that we're rejecting. And we're really actually, when we're rejecting anything, we're really rejecting ourselves, our life, life that comes and goes and flows into tapestries of all kinds. We don't want that. We want it to be the way it used to be or the way we imagine it used to be or the way we imagine it should be, should, should, should. Who said so? Who said it should be like that? Life is as it is, and it comes to us and it goes. We don't want that. We want it to stay. We want it to be a certain way. Well, come inside and you'll really see that you're not separate from anything that happens. That's what the teacher's saying. He didn't even say come inside. He said you are not outside. You're already inside with me, meaning that he and his student were not separate. And at any moment, a teacher is there in front of your eyes if you engage with that moment in, a, in that way, that you're not outside, I'm not inside, we're together, we're one. The minute you see that and know that and are that, you've entered back into the life stream And you're not separate from yourself, because that's the hardest part, the way we disconnect from ourself, not only from life, but from ourselves. The real loneliness is disconnecting from ourselves, not being in touch with ourselves, not enjoying our life ourselves. So in this beautiful warm summer day I say enjoy the day 
enjoy the teacher who is within you and within the cave and within every moment and every single person that you meet. Okay, my, my URL for this talk, this podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday.com and if you wish to contact me for any reason, my email is topspeaker at yahoo.com and thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you. It's, it's wonderful to be here with you today. Bye-bye.